forget everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it off for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Hey everyone, happy Wednesday. As always, I'm super excited to be here. Today I have one of my friends joining me. I will introduce her in a moment, but she started the coolest rock climbing gym there is. So um, we'll hear how she also transitioned careers. I know I kind of have a trend here where people are transitioning transitioning careers and finding like a true dream and passion. Um, so hoping that's inspiring you. Um, first, I'm going to give you the jelly bean update as always. And then also I wanted to let everybody know that I'm, I have a free offering for you. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the global health summit yesterday, but it's a collective of experts who we started, I guess in early June, and every day there's another expert uh, telling you our experiences on weight loss and fitness and that kind of thing, all run by the amazing Carrie Tepadino. And you can sign up for it for free. If you listen live, the whole entire thing is free. Um, if you want to buy the whole thing at the end as a replay, then you have to pay for it. But so you want to jump on soon. I will have that posted on my Facebook right after I get off here. It's uh, buried a little bit right now. I posted it before, but I'll make sure I either pin that to the top or give you a new post so you make sure you can sign up. But all you have to do is go to my Facebook page and link into it. And as I said, it's for free. Um, as for Jelly Bean, there isn't a huge update. I'm uh, proud to announce that the only doctor visits I've taken her to in seven months are her regularly scheduled ones, um, which I find that to be a feat given the number of times I've taken her out in public and all of that, and I've been so careful. Um, but it's funny how many people will come up to me and, like, we're telling me I shouldn't take her out or I shouldn't this or I shouldn't that, like mom's giving unsolicited advice. So I'm really happy that I felt like I was doing uh, good parenting and not to say that if you, I had to go to the doctor, it wouldn't be, but you get the point. Like I was being very careful with where I was taking her and, uh, doctors giving her rave reviews and I am just enjoying the heck out of her as you've seen from Facebook and Instagram and all of that. Uh, so yay. Okay. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce my friend, Alice Cow. In 2012, she founded Sender One Climbing, the largest indoor rock climbing gym company in the Los Angeles and Orange County metro areas with her business partners, Wes Chu and Wes Shi, who is also her husband. Sender One has a straightforward mission to create wondrous spaces where people can discover themselves and connect with others through climbing. Prior to joining the climbing industry, Alice had a successful career as an international sales and marketing executive for four separate toy companies and prior to that, an investment banker. No, she's not an overachiever. <laughs> she discovered climbing in 2008 while living and selling toys in London. Climbing guided her through tough personal times and sparked her closest friendships. Welcome, Alice. Thanks, Devin. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I want to tell everyone, you are a mom of two amazing girls, um, who, <laughs> one of whom is about the same age as Jelly Bean, and yep. they're both named after Australia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
But I was wondering. People might not know that, right? Yes. Well, I didn't want to actually give their names in case you didn't want to. But um, it's, uh, I, I think it's amazing that you went from investment banking to being a marketing guru, uh, genius, to now doing climbing gyms. And I always tell people to find their passion and like, that's the easiest way to lose weight, to be honest. And I love when people combine them with fun weight loss activities. And I should right. quickly say, I've had the pleasure of going to Sender One and it, like, I was blown away by just the structures and how cool and enticing it is when you get in there. Um, but also it was really funny. One of my interns who is here for the summer Literally, I made a comment about, oh, we should go do this climbing gym. Like, I'm doing fun team-building workouts. And she's like, oh, which one? And I was like, send her one. My friend, and she's, or I said, my friend has a climbing gym. And she's like, oh, which one? And I was like, send her one. And she's like, no way. That one's the best. <laughs> and she, like, super started crushing on it. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about what it was like for you to quote, give up your day job and start a gym and what sparked that. Okay. Well, um, I guess I'll start with how I started climbing, uh, which is you cover a little bit in my bio. It got me through some really tough times. So I just had this deep connection with climbing. Um, in 2000, so I, I was in a really serious relationship in the early 2000s and in 2008 or 2006, I broke up with my boyfriend and, uh, Shortly after we broke up, we were together for a long time, he t he, I found out later that he got married to somebody else. So oh. it, that whole thing absolutely destroyed me. And at this time, I was living in London. And you know, I was really lonely. I didn't have any friends. So I walked into a rock climbing gym. And I just started climbing. And I really fell in love with the sport. And I think it was just, you know, when you go through a difficult time, you need to find a new community and new set of friends. And climbing really, really helped me. And so when I came back to the U.S., I had met my business partner at this point. And so when he told me, he had a very similar story as I did um, about getting through a rough time. So we started this business because we both believe, or all of us believe, that climbing has changed our lives. And we want to, we want to give back and we want to see other people um, in our, in, we want to help other people in the same situation. Well, I absolutely love that, too, because so many people go through a breakup and, you know, draw the blinds and grab the ice cream, which is the tendency for a lot of us to do. Um, obviously, that, that happened to me for a short while. I started getting a oh, lot of weight because I just, you know, was lying around and didn't want to do anything. And that's why climbing was so good, because it also helps, like you said, it helps you lose weight. Well, and I should tell everyone, like, you're super fit. Um, I don't know how much a lot of weight is. Um, I can't <laughs> imagine you heavy. But... No, I mean, it is, it is great. Like what, do you remember like what made you stop sitting around and going to the climbing gym to begin with? Was it a friend who suggested it? Was it, do you have any idea? I think, you know, well, when I, so I was living in London at the time and it was the winter time and it's really cold in London. So I just was looking for something indoors to do and I wanted to be somewhere where I can talk to people and that, that just kind of came up. I don't know. I guess I, I can't remember exactly how the climbing thing came across, but that's what happened. Awesome. And then can you tell us a little bit about your previous careers, like what the demands were, what those were like, like how you landed in those? Sure. Um, so before I got to the climbing business, I was in the toy business doing international sales. And it was great. Actually, I loved, I loved my job. Uh, it was, at least it was, it was a good job when I was single, but, you know, before I had kids. 
But at one point, you know, one of the jobs I had, I was traveling up to 250 days a year. Oh, my God. So I was just always be at the airport, and that was crazy. And every year from October to February, I was barely home because I was just traveling around going to all these toy fairs in London and in Hong Kong and Germany. Uh, so it was, it was really great for at the time, but, you know, now with two kids, that's just pretty hard to maintain. And what about how you ended up getting into the investment banking world? Was that pressure from family to be doctor, lawyer, banker, or was that something you, you know, thought you really wanted to do? Well, that was my first job out of college. And, okay. you know, when I gra- when we graduated out of college, I had no idea what I wanted to do, and that just seemed like a prestigious job. I was like, oh, my God, you got a job in Wall Street. That that was only the reason why. It, re- it really wasn't a good fit. I hated it, probably. <sighs> well... In the beginning, it was very prestigious, and everyone was very excited for me. And then when I pulled my first all-nighter, I thought, wow, this is totally not worth it. (laughs) When can I quit? Right. And though I bet any amount of money as an entrepreneur and a gym owner, you've probably pulled an all-nighter? Oh, yeah, plenty. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I was like, I know you, and I know that it's not about uh, not having all-nighters. It's just going back to the passion, like... I'm sure you're fired up to do it for the climbing gym. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's why it's important to do what you love because, you know, when I, when I was younger, I used to read these books and said, if you do what you love, don't feel like you're working a day in your life. And I didn't really believe that. And now as I'm older, I realize, you know, there's a reason people say that. It's true. If you do what you love, it doesn't feel as, I wouldn't say as hard. It does feel hard. It's just, you want to do it. You know, you, I wake up in the morning and I think, wow, you know, I really want to go to work today because I have these problems to solve. Um, and, and, and it's hard work. Yeah. So what was, what was the first step in founding the business? Like you basically, were you hesitant to quit the toy job, even though you were traveling a ton and it felt like you should, like, how did it, how did it really start? So I started the business with my husband and another business partner, right? And my business partner, the one that, the, the, fa- or the, the, the West Chu, he actually had quit his job about a year prior to meeting us. So he was just running around, you know, writing a business plan, trying to raise money. Um, and, then my, and, then, and then my husband quit his job. Um, and he was, a, he was a, a lawyer. So then there was the two of them running around trying to get him started. And then it was just, I still went to work. I came home in the evenings. We sat around our dining table, write the business plan check out different gyms. I mean, between the three of us, we probably saw, I'm guessing, like 100 different gyms in the country. I wow. actually stayed on. I actually kept my job for one, a, a whole year after the gym opened. And that was because, like, you know, you said, mentioned earlier, I had a, my, my daughter was born that year. You know, I have responsibilities. We have a mortgage and a car payment, and that's just what we needed to do. So the very, very first year was nuts because the gym opened in 2013. My daughter was born in 2013, and I was still working. So I was working two jobs for the whole year. And then it wasn't really until the first year. And, you know, the thing is, when you start a passion business in the beginning, I wasn't really sure if we were going to make a living out of this. Like, I wasn't sure that this was going to support our lifestyle. So I didn't want to quit my job and just kind of be out there. So I, I, I kept working for about a year. Out of curiosity, how did this decision come about for you to be the one to stay in the job and your husband quit? Was that like just a no-brainer between you or was was that... I made... Well, I made more money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that's that like the, the only decision. And I love what I do. <laughs> I love I loved what I did when I was on toys. Huh. 
Okay. And then, so when you started, like, was you basically wrote a business plan and had the funding before you opened the first gym or how did that all come about? Like, what was it? We basically, went, yeah, we, just, like we built a financial model. We did, we, you know, made a deck and we ran around and raised money with our friends and family. So it was a lot of friends and family in the very beginning. And we had a couple of more sophisticated investors, but we, we raised, and it was a, a lot of it was our own money the first round. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I always wonder, you know, people, I mean, obviously people across the country who have these dreams, like there's a lot of fear in doing those things and, um, they think that they can't. So I was just curious, like, where did you even know if you could share with anyone, like, was it you who knew how to write a business plan? Did you look that up online? Like who, you know, like getting down to the nitty gritty of it. Right. I mean, it was just really, it's just, we just talked to a lot of people, you know, asked everybody we knew, read as many books as we can, um, talked to other climbing gym owners, talked to other business owners, and then they just kind of guided us in different directions. And we also got a, we also got a bank loan, you know, the first round, but it was, it was really scary because you just, just didn't know who to listen to. And it was really scary up until the day. I mean, I actually remember the day that the, the gym opened, I was, I wasn't sure people were going to come. I wasn't sure people were going to come in. Right. I know you've expressed that. Like, it's so funny to me because having seen the gym and just knowing you, like, I would be like, this should totally take off. Like, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it became a um, a countrywide franchise at some point. It's so cool. Um, how did you decide exactly how yours, like, well, how are you different from other gyms? I would love to hear a little bit about that. Sure. So I mean, I kind have, of know, if but if you, the just... climbing, if you climb before, let's say in the last, I don't know, say 10 years in LA, you know, a lot of gyms in this area are older, they're pretty dingy, and they're, they're a little dirty, and they just, it's, it's sort of places that are created by rock climbers because they wanted to train. Um, my, my, it, it, they make the, the walls look like wall climbing walls. And if you come to one of my gyms, you notice that it's big and bright and airy. There's like a lot of open space, a lot of hangout space. So we don't really, we don't believe in packing as many climbers on the wall at, at the same time. It's about the social space. And that's what it came from, you know, the three of us. Because for me, you can only climb, you can only be on the wall for so long before you're getting tired, right? But you're coming, when you're down, you're, you're talking to people, you're making friends and making that connection. And that's what's really important. That's what keeps people in the space. So our spaces are designed around that. And the other hmm. thing is, if you look at our walls, they're, they don't look like climbing walls. They look like art structures. And um, because climbing inside is a different sport. It's not climbing outdoors. So climb, that's sort of what we believe in what climbing indoors should be. You know, it's really funny that you say that because that was my thought when I walked in. Like, I had a very different expectation based on other gyms that I've seen. And I did, I was just like, wow, it was so cool. And it does look very artistic and it is very open and bright. And I think, um, I mean, for me, like working out in that kind of environment where it feels fun, it feels like it's supposed to be social is right. so much easier than like, I'm going to the gym, I'm working out, this is punishment, this is grueling. I mean, yes, <laughs> exactly. you want to get a good workout, which you obviously do. What is the tallest wall? Because your gym is tall. In LA, the tallest wall is 60 feet. In Orange County, it's 50 feet. Oh, wow. 
yeah, it's uh, it's up there. It's enough to get you a nosebleed if you're uh, if you're the nosebleed type. <laughs> right. um, and, I, and I think the other thing that we do well is that we make it very accessible for families. So, like when you came to do the family event, you know, it's something that kids and their parents can do together. And the whole area over in Center City where you climbed at the EO event, you know, a lot of people will come in. And they'll say to me, you know, especially people who are overweight or people who have no experience. They will, they will they'll all be like, you know what, climbing is too hard. Like, I can't do that. But you, you actually can. If you, if you look at that area where, the, where you guys are hanging out, the kids' area, there's ladders and happy faces and, you know, giraffes and dinosaurs. So it does make climbing a little less intimidating. So that area is a really great place to start, and it's really great for family and kids. And you do allow families, I mean, you do allow adults by themselves to be in that area? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was. So for people who didn't catch what we were talking about, we're part of a group. The reason we know each other is we're part of a group called the Entrepreneurs Organization, um, where basically we powwow as entrepreneurs and help each other. And then we have all these cool social events to compare notes on our businesses. And we had an event there. Um, And the kids were climbing like crazy and making the adults definitely feel like they could do it. Um, Well, on that note, we are going to take a break. Um, When we come back, we'll hear a lot more from Alice. So stay tuned, everyone. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Tune in to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. 
Hey everyone, welcome back. I am here with Alice Cal, who is a friend, fellow entrepreneur organization member, and uh, she's the founder, or one of the founders of Sender One Gyms. Plus, um, I want to dig into mommyhood. Um, we extra special bonded, even though we're both in this organiz uh, entrepreneur's organization where everyone kind of bonds, but because we both have, well, she was pregnant when I was, quote, pregnant. <laughs> Um, there were four of us in the entrepreneur group who were all having or acquiring, I guess, babies at the same time. The rest of them were having them, and I was an honorary. Um, I'm pregnant because I'm driving around with a car seat um, awaiting a baby, <laughs> mom. Um, but Alice, can you tell us a little bit about juggling health and motherhood and and business owning and all of that? How on earth you find the time to do it? Sure. Um, well, it's. I, it, there's no better word to describe it, I guess. It's hard. So I have two kids. I have a five-year-old and a, a five-month-old now. And I guess thinking back to the very first year when we started the business, you know, that year was especially challenging because I was working two jobs. You know, I had a newborn, and then I was running this business. And I, you know, I was really, being fit is really important to me. And it was always for me, it was always like I felt really guilty when I was exercising in the beginning. I felt like, you know what, I should be working or I should be hanging out with my daughter. I shouldn't be spending time for me. But what I discovered is that if I made time to, for me or if, if I worked out, if I felt better about myself, felt healthy, I would be a better mom. So it's just making, you know, making exercising a priority. And can you tell us a little bit about like how many hours you dedicated to that, how you dedicate to it and, you know, when those times are and some of that? So for me, the way that I get my workouts in is I schedule it in my calendar like a meeting. And, you know, fortunately enough, I work at a gym. So I literally, there's no transit time from getting to a meeting to the gym. But right. I literally, you know, be in a meeting with my managers and they're like, oh, it's two o'clock. It's time to see my trainer or it's time to, you know, hit the machine. And then I would just go change go work out or actually I, I, I usually I go to work in my yoga pants anyway so I don't even need to, to change I work out and then I come back and then it's just part of my day so I, I schedule it in my in my calendar right and then are your kids I mean do you ever involve them in the workouts I mean I know the five-month-old that's a little tough but some people actually do. I haven't um, exactly done that yet. Although I do take jelly bean on my front. I don't know if you know, I play this. Um, it's called Champagne League. It's a super fun tennis league. And right. on Friday nights, we show up for, quote, warm up at the pool bar. I honestly, because I had a head injury, um, I don't drink. Um, but everybody else does. And I just take, a, you know, one of the tricks that I have for making people, you know, not single you out for not being the one who drinks. I always take a, um, like I have this hot pink thermos water bottle and I always just put either water or iced tea in it. And then when people ask me what I'm drinking, I just do this cute little, although I'm going to get busted um, now that people are hearing this, but um, they're like, oh, what are you drinking? As if I snuck a cocktail into the club and I'm cheap, which I don't exactly like, but I do like the fact that it kind of makes me not have to drink. Um, but the truth is if I drank before I played tennis, I would probably end up with black eyes and or more injuries. Um, right. But so, but I was taking Jelly Bean. Like she wasn't allowed to be in the childcare at the club until six months. So I would bring a girlfriend to watch her, and she, so she's been watching me play tennis. 
she comes to beach tennis. I try to um, time my beach tennis outings with her nap times. Um, so I take her to the beach. She's super protected. I even have her own little tent for her. Um, and you know, I put her close enough to the court that I can hear her, but she won't get hurt. And, um, so that's part of how I've done it. Do you, have you, I mean, obviously I'm a single mom, so, or I, I like to call myself a solo mom more than a single mom. I feel like it's more empowering for me. Um, but being a solo mom, like I really have to come up with those things or spend a fortune in childcare. Um, do you, have you been able to, um, you know, bring your children yet or with two, is that just impossible? So I, I definitely do a lot of that. Funny enough, my husband was just at a conference last week, so I was home alone with both kids for a week. And it was definitely challenging. Actually, there was about, at day four, I think I was losing my mind. But, <laughs> um, I, you know, I have weights and I have like different exercise equipment at home. So when, sometimes when the baby is taking a nap, literally she put, she closes her eyes and I'm like, okay, let's get 30 minutes in. And I would just get as much as I can. Um, and then on Saturday, I had both of them. So what I did was I put one of them, the younger one, in. A, we have one of those bicycle tow, tow truck things with trailers. Oh, yeah. So like I put the baby in the trailer, and then I had my younger, my older daughter ride her own bicycle, and we just rode around the block to go outside. Um, oh, cool. We also have a hiking backpack, so sometimes we'll go hiking, you know, in, just in the mountains or by the ocean. Just try to get out as much as you can. Um, I guess, you know, I do take her to the gym sometimes. And like I, like I said, I just try to do it when she's taking a nap. That's, mm. that's like my time. And you make yeah, it work. I, yeah, I think that's the thing for people. And part of me feels like Jelly Bean watching me do those things, like watching me play beach tennis every day and like it being ingrained so early. Like I didn't grow up with parents who did go to a gym. Um, they're, my mom is um, just, she's naturally thin um, my dad played tennis from time to time and things, but but it was one of those things that I definitely like had to develop that routine as an adult myself. And sometimes when I see these kids, it, there's a couple kids at beach tennis, one who's nine, who's been there since she's two. And then there was a kid who I ended up in a game with um, who couldn't be more than 10 or 11, this little boy. And he was pounding things like I couldn't even believe it. And then someone's like, oh, he's Carlos's son. And uh, like, I guess he was hit with a ball and someone's like, you can't hit the kid. And he's like, he's Carlos's son. Meaning Carlos is a Brazilian pro. Um, so you can hit him because he's been playing his whole life and he can hit you back kind of thing. Right. <laughs> I really you know, wasn't. The, other, I thing, show- the oh, other thing that I do is sometimes I, I, have, a, I have a pretty good, I have a good girlfriend, my, my regular farming partner. She's a chef. Actually, you guys should meet. And she has oh. a, her son is about the same age as Sydney. So mm-hmm. when the kids, our kids were, when the, when Sydney was little, uh, we would meet at the gym and we would have three people, let's say, and then it would take turns, like one person would take turns watching the children and then the other two people could be climbing. So that was, that was the way we got around when we went to the gym together. Oh, that's awesome. We need to do that together. <laughs> I want to yeah, be on that list. Sure. I'm going to come climb with you. Um, I'm curious, you mentioned to chef, what, um, what is your food plan? Cause again, you're super fit and I know how busy you are. Like, you know, just even from our powwows of, you know, talking about how social media is such a beast for all of us now. Um, I'm curious, like, do you cook most of your meals? Do you order out? How do you make that work? Um, so usually on the weekends, we just, you know, we do all of our grocery shopping on the weekends and then we cook a ton of meals on Saturday and Sundays. 
And then during the week, you know, we bring our lunch every day. That's generally how we stay healthy. Um, we try to not eat out as, as much as we can. I know it's hard. And it's also, you know, it's a, it's, it's a hassle to take all the kids, especially the baby, right? Because right now she needs so much stuff. So it's just, mm. just takes a long time to go out. Um, so that's kind of how we, how we make it work. Cook a lot of meals on the weekend or make really simple things, you know, on the weekdays. Right. And you, but you don't rely on takeout every other meal as busy as you are. No, definitely don't do that. I, we don't, yeah, we very little takeout. Yeah. I know a lot of parents struggle with that. I'm curious, what kind of stuff do you cook on the weekends? Like, is it, for me, I personally, um, make like, I'll grill some chicken or I'll make, you know, a London broil roast or a turkey roast or something. You know, they sound like they take a lot of time. They don't at all. Um, for those who followed me, I think people are getting that now. But, and then, right. you know, I'll have plenty of veggies, um, some of which are chopped up. And then I usually do either quinoa or farro or brown rice or something so that I, I'm not one who like makes a lot of prepared meals in advance in the way that they're full meals. Like I literally do the components so that I can throw them together in something different during the week. Are you more of a follow a recipe prepared meal or what, what kind of stuff do you do? Uh, I'm actually more like you. Well, we cook a lot of Asian food, so I'll cook a huge pot of rice, and then we'll make several different, you know, dishes, like a tofu dish or marinated chicken, you know, stir-fry some vegetables. We always eat vegetables. Actually, every meal we have some kind of green vegetables. Um, and my husband's a great cook, actually. So, for example, this, this last weekend, um, I, I invited uh, another friend of mine over with her kid to make pasta, so we made pasta from scratch. And it was fun for the kids, right? Because they got to knead the dough and they got to, like, cut the noodles. We made a ton of pasta and then we just made a huge pot of sauce. So today I'm eating pasta for leftovers. <laughs> I love that you actually made homemade pasta. I had no that was, idea. You know, I hadn't done it for a few years. And it was, it was really stressful because the kids were like, Mommy, how does it work? I was like, let me try a batch to make sure I kind of remember how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, like, one of the old-fashioned crank machines or do you use a food processor type thing or what? We have a stand mixer with the attachments. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's funny. I uh, I always make, um, well, I grew up, you know, thinking that pasta was Play-Doh. And I even make, like, colored ravioli and, like, you know, I'll make these, like, flower-shaped things. And when I've had boyfriends with kids in the past, like, I always make them with the kids and win the kids over, like, so fast. And then they're like, can we go to Devon's and make the pink ravioli, you know? Uh, or you can I don't do know how to, or- I need to learn that. You need to teach me because my daughter loves pink. So that would be really fun. Oh, yeah, we should come over. I actually owe another friend. He has like an adorable three-year-old and uh, I promised them that I would do it. So we should we should have a big uh, play date and and yep. everyone make pasta. It's so much fun. But those things, too, are things, you know, like I now have jelly beans. She's big enough to sit in a high chair. So yesterday while we were cooking, we were actually, we had her sitting at the counter watching and we were talking her through stuff. I mean, I'm sure she's not really learning how to cook, but it was super fun. The whole team was going crazy and she was watching people multitask and it was, um, it is, I mean, juggling motherhood is uh, definitely, um, it definitely throws some kinks and I will admit, like, I thought I was going to be a stroller mom. Like, I see these moms out on the Strand, which is our beachfront walk, for those who don't know. And, you know, and for years, I was like, oh, that's going to be me. That's going to be me. Like, now, I don't even understand how they get dressed, get out there, and make sure the baby has peed for that hour. You know? It's, <laughs> yeah, It's totally. just like, 
I mean, seriously, like I have to make it a point to like find time to shower in the morning. Um, that's yep. sometimes complicated. Yeah. Oh, and I should add like, you know, I mean, we, I think our family generally eats healthy, but last night after dinner, we walked to get ice cream. And so that's definitely the thing. Like we try to eat ice cream a lot now because it's summertime, but we'll try to walk, you know, a mile other than getting in the car and drive. So I feel kind of better about myself. Yeah, no, that's, um, I mean, I think it's such a huge thing. I also like that you mentioned that you used to feel guilty working out because of the time. And right. I've told this story before, but long story short, for years, I used to feel, I didn't realize that I felt guilty working out. I felt like it was wasting time for the 400 other things that I was doing, which is why it became really important to me to find challenging activities and why I'm also wanting to do climbing more now. Um, because like when I'm playing tennis, I'm not sitting there on a treadmill thinking I should be doing this. I should be doing that. It's like, you're thinking about the ball placement. You're thinking about the next point and the time flies and I'm exhausted. And that's when I stop. Um, same thing with climbing. Like you can't completely zone out cause you have to, you know, look for the next perch and things. Um, and I'm sure that makes it, and not to mention the fact that in climbing, like you actually feel like you've really accomplished something when you get to the top. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes climbing so special to me because you're getting a workout, you're getting a full body workout and you're not really thinking about it. You're not, you know, lifting weights or like, I, like I can't run the treadmill, for example. Like when I go to the gym, I, I do some weight training, but I never use the cardio machine. I just don't have the patience for it. Um, and, and that's where climbing and something like tennis is great. Because like you said, you're not thinking about it and you're getting a workout. Yeah. And I know people feel differently. Like I had one of the biggest loser contestants who does spend a ton of time on treadmills and things. She's like, I wouldn't work out hard enough playing tennis. And I'm like, what? <laughs> How, like, yeah. I'm ready to die. Well, especially because I'm on two USTA teams. I don't even know if you know that about me. But I no, somehow, I yeah, I somehow, like I... I was on a 3.5 team, and for those who don't know, like, the pros are sevens. Um, 2.5 means you can, like, get the ball back, but you're not exactly, like, strategic, and you don't know a lot of strokes and stuff. So 3.5 is, like, you know, um, I mean, we call 3.0 mommy tennis. It's, like, for the mommies who... You know, as I said, it's kind of more family, social, whatever. Um, 3.5 is getting a little more competitive. Um, when you're totally able to slam the ball consistently and stuff, you're more in the four range. Um, but so this weekend, and this is a good, I'm just going to go on a little bit of an aside. I haven't been playing that much. Um, I've been telling my teams because this season has been like most of it since, well, I guess I took like three months off that I wasn't really playing at all unless quote, I was desperate. And now this season I'm like, you know, if you guys really need me, I'll play, but I'm not, um, you know, I'm not dying to get in the lineup every week. So this weekend I played and this woman who I'd known for a long time, um, we'd played socially and stuff. And I thought she was really nice. We played, we happened to be on opposite teams and we played for an hour and a half like it was back and forth back and forth back and forth mommy tennis you know one point her one point me whatever and then after an hour and a half of play we finished the first set and I literally was like I'm gonna run to the restroom and she's like you can't <laughs> 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 
Um, and I was like, what? And uh, she literally was like, you can't. Like, as if it's against the rules. And then, right. so I'm like, I have to go to the restroom. I'm going to the restroom. <laughs> like, what? And so I left. And meanwhile, her coach, which I'm like, why you have a coach for mommy tennis? I don't know. Um, but it was like, you can ask your captain. She's like, you're not allowed to. And I'm like, I have to go to the restroom. I'm going to the restroom. <laughs> and I thought they might default on me. Like, talk about bad right. sportsmanship. Like, I'm like, doesn't every woman over 40 need to pee in an hour and a half? Um, and we could go another hour and a half. So long story short, like, as it turns out, she was wrong. And I was perfectly justified in peeing. And now I have no respect for this woman. Um, <laughs> so I think, like, let's all be good sports. Um, right. But on that note, I mean, it's funny. It's like, I'm just trying to burn calories here, lady. Like, can I please pee? You know? <laughs> Um, right. I, that, I totally relate. I mean, I obviously after I had the baby, it was like, yeah, every hour I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it's like, come on, you know, like really, if we take a three minute break or a four minute break, it's going to make that much of a difference. It's not like I was going to go home and pee. It was right next to where we were playing. Um, yep. but on that note, um, we have another break. Um, we are, when we come back, we're going to hear about some of the challenges in running a business and how Alice has overcome them. Cause I know we all have those challenges. Stay tuned, everyone. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey everyone, Devin Alexander here. I am with Alice Cow, who's the founder of Sender One Gyms um, and part of my entrepreneur's organization. So she's always super inspiring to me and I wanted to share her. Um, very quickly, I wanted to tell everyone uh, to remind you, I said this in the beginning of the show, but if you're just joining, um, I just pinned to the top of my Facebook page the link to get the Global Health Summit for free. Um, I should have said I'm doing my interview uh, this 
it's Friday. Um, so more inspiration from me. I'm talking about my book, how I overcame my challenges with weight loss. And then also awesome experts like Dr. Nandy, who I love, and uh, many others. Carrie Tapadino runs it. Um, she's amazing and has helped tons of people. So if you're a little bit stuck, you don't have a lot of monetary resources, and um, you want some free advice from some of the best, best experts, please go to my Facebook page, um, which is backslash Devin Alexander, and click that link. Um, I also realized in talking to Alice during the break that I should have finished my story about the woman not letting me pee. So basically, um, the score was seven, five, um, for the first set. And honestly, like the last, for those who play tennis, it was like deuce, add, deuce, add. For those who don't know, like you have to win by two points. So basically she'd win a point. I'd win a point. She'd win a point. I'd win a point. Like I'm serious. The, the final game went on of the set for like a half hour. We were battling it so hard and it was so frustrating and I was so tired. And honestly, I had it in my head. Like I kind of just want to default this meaning like I was so exhausted. Um, just a long week of work. You know, everybody knows I'm doing another book again already. I'm still, doing the launch activities for the other book. I have Jelly Bean. It's just Looney Tunes. And I haven't been working out as much, so I was exhausted. And I was like, I just, I don't even know if I'm going to make it through this. I was so tired. And something about her trying to deny me going to the restroom, like literally, and I didn't eat anything. I didn't, I didn't have any other um, way to fire me up. I was so angry that she would be so petty and ridiculous that I literally came back and won the second set 6-0. And like the whole thing was in less than a half hour the whole second set when the one game was a half hour so um just you know be a good sport people because <laughs> I was like so glad she did that because I suddenly wasn't tired anymore I was just convicted um and again it's mommy tennis so I'm not usually like this was a 3-0 team like blah I don't usually care but um but I really want to hear from Alice like what is one of your big challenges that you've faced as a business owner? Um, so it, my, I'm in the service business, which is, yeah. I'm basically, I'm in the people business. So right. I think our biggest challenge is people. You know, right, it depends on what, when of the year. Actually, right now we're going into summer, so up to summer sometimes we'll have as many as 150 employees and across oh, wow. a few locations. And that's, that's definitely the biggest challenge. Do you have advice for people who are employees? Are there, is there consistent, I mean, I know I can weigh into this a little bit too, but are there consistent things that, you know, I think um, one of the best things that someone ever told me is that every once in a while, we should take, like, pretend that we're at fault in every situation at light, in life and really look at our relationships and things. So, like, for instance, sometimes in my office, if I'm, irritated at someone, I'll be like, okay, let's pretend she's not at fault at all. Like, where am I going wrong? And, you know, sometimes I find, oh, maybe I pushed that person a little too hard. Maybe I, you know, whatever. Um, but on the flip side, like, I would love that if my employees did that every once in a while. Although I do have right. a great team. Like, I don't want to, and I'm sure you do too. But are there consistent, like, I'll tell you, one of the things that consistently rubs me is like, for instance, I get the newspaper and like people, like four people in a row will sometimes walk past it coming into the office instead of like if one person took the time to pick that up like it would actually mean a lot to me like is it going to affect their job no not really but does it make me think really highly of them yes it does um 
And I don't know. I feel like when people do those things, it's like they really feel like they're there for me and they're looking around and present and really there. And again, like, am I not going to give them a raise because they didn't, you know, bring the newspaper in the house? No. But are there things like that? Is there anything there that you think employees might look at in themselves to see if they're, you know, being the best person they can and thus maybe accidentally get a raise that they weren't expecting? Right. So I guess I'll, I'll start with this. A few years ago, um, you know, after we started the business a few years ago, we worked really hard to uh, come up with a set of core values and come up with a purpose and the mission of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because the, when we first started doing it, I felt like it was so fake, you know, going around telling people, here, here are our core values. And, and I was like, wow, people are going to think I'm so annoying. But over the years, uh, like now it, it really sticks and it really surprises me because I'll go in the front desk. So I, you know, we have two locations and I'm not at the both locations every day. So a lot of times I'll go into, I'll go to the front desk and I won't know the person who's working at the front desk because they had just gotten hired and, you know, I hadn't been here for a week. And I'll ask them and they actually know our core values. And we start every single meeting with a core value story. So for example, one Uh of our core values is see things from other people's perspectives. And, you know, we'll tell a story about like, hey, you know, how we saw something from a, a customer's perspective and how we solved their problem. And, you know, having those guidelines and having these, values that really define our company has really helped with just like overall employee happy, you know, satisfaction, happiness. And it makes people want to work here because they are doing something that they believe in. Right. Yeah. It's funny. I've found that like in my office, um, for those who haven't heard of core values before, it's like, that's something we do in a our entrepreneur group, they say, if you know, like what your mission is for your business and you stand firm in them, it's an easier message. And like, we sign emails in my office, like woohoo, or you rock, or you're the best. Like it's way less formal than best comma or whatever, or, you know, sometimes thank you, but usually it's thank you so much. Or, and so I tell my employees when they're onboarded, like, you know, I don't want anybody to do this in a fake way. Like whatever your version is of like that extra oomph, like we put the fun in everything. So if someone does, I mean, actually I, one of my woes lately, um, has been, I, I have to drive to beach tennis now. Like I used to bike ride and I don't feel safe with a big hill, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. And, and I think that I found somebody who's going to help me get an electric bike and get a chariot and all that kind of thing. And I'm all the emails were like, Oh my God, you're amazing. You know, I'll do like OMG like often. And at, you know, I'm turning 47 this summer and I know some people might think that's immature, but it really is me to get that excited. And, and so I want them to feel the excitement. And so that helps my whole team, like knowing when they walk in the door that that's sort of how we are. And again, if someone is not an OMG type person, then it's just, you know, internalize that and do whatever is authentic to you. Right. But And, I'm, and I'm, I'll oh. point out that when I first started this business, I mean, look, my, my background was, you know, investment banking, right? So when I was an investment banker, I was working on, you know, my first job out of college, I was working 100 hours a week making something like $8 an hour. I don't even know. Oh my God. <laughs> and when I started the climbing business and, you know, a lot of people who came to work for us, they were enthusiasts. They were just, they're people who were very passionate about rock climbing. And then I realized early on that I can't pay them enough money to do their job. And they have to really believe in it. Otherwise they don't want to be here or they're not going to last. So that really shifted my mentality because 
definitely early on, I was very frustrated. I was like, you know what? I just gave you a raise. Why aren't you delivering? You know, why aren't you more excited about doing this? And it's it's not about the money. I mean, the money. I, I know money is important. Money gets you know, gets you a long way, but that's not the only thing. And I think, especially this generation, um, you know, it's all about like so, like you said, it's about the passion. It's about what you believe in. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. I'm finding that more and more. And I also have a binder that we actually print out of letters that people have sent, quote, me. But I don't really, they haven't just sent them to me. They've sent them to the team. Like, this is the impact that you're having. And there's something about being able to see that stuff in printed form. I mean, it's so nice that people have said nice things. One of my all-time favorites, like, literally brought me to tears. Um, A mom saying that she used to, like, long story short, a mom cooked three different meals, um, one for her husband, one for herself, and one for her kids, because she couldn't ever find healthy food that everybody would eat. And She's like, not only did I suddenly not have so many dishes to do, I found myself having time to go to the gym and I didn't like, she literally started it with, I've never written to a person and I just want you to know you've saved my marriage. <laughs> and it was all about how like she secretly resented her husband, didn't even realize it because she was cooking all the, you know, he was eating what he wanted and she couldn't and she had to cook it for him. And I mean, you know, stuff like that, that like stays with you. And I appreciate hearing that stuff from people. Because I know that a lot of times when people write reviews, they're not like people don't go out of their way to write positive reviews. Um, Often um, they, you know, they really want to be heard when they're upset. And I'm sure I'm curious how you deal with that kind of thing as a gym owner. You must have people. I mean, I know that your customer service is so good that you probably don't. But we all know that there's people, you know, who just don't see other people's perspectives at all. Have you had any situations that you were able to flip with someone who was a little disgruntled for probably not a fair reason? Absolutely. You know, Yelp is my worst enemy, or I don't know, my best friend. I'm not sure. We, <laughs> yeah. we actually have really good Yelp reviews at both locations, but it's hard. You know, sometimes when people have a bad experience, the first place they want to post about it is on Yelp. And we, we actually we actively respond to every single review we get on Google, Facebook, Yelp, and we reach out to the customer. If there's something that, you know, we did, we will try to fix it. And, yeah. uh, so yeah, that's 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 sort of what we do. Yeah, that it doesn't surprise me because as I said, I know that people, I mean everyone I've heard and you know my my even intern like coming up and like girl crushing on you and the gyms and everything else. It was so cute and and doesn't surprise me at all. I think it's interesting in my world um and as a lesson for people, you know, when you're cooking healthy recipes particularly, like really be careful that you're following the directions completely. If you think healthy food doesn't taste good or if you think you don't know how to cook because the number of mistakes that happen in my kitchen, like for instance, this week, I mean, my team is great. A couple of the members are new. Someone used the food, like we have one of those food processor, food processor blender combos and someone used the food processor instead of the blender attachment to make a smoothie. And so like you drink it and then it's a little crunchy at the end And honestly, I only knew that she did that because we had made it numerous times before and she was on the testing level. Like, you know, I develop and then somebody else workshops and then um, and then we have a final tester who's not like an awesome cook so that people could make mistakes that middle America makes if I didn't write the recipes right. And so it's interesting right. because had that been an Amazon review, I mean, the, first, the, the most important point of it is that like, 
you know, there is a difference between using a blender or a food processor. They both have a blade, but one is going to make you a smooth, like juice-like thing. And the other is going to make you like a liquidy, almost salad-y thing. Um, so if you had the opportunity to review, like if, if that woman had the opportunity to review my book, she could be reviewing it based on her using the wrong piece of equipment, if that makes sense. So, yeah, think, and that's a mistake that I would totally make. So thank you for pointing it out because I'm not sure. <laughs> well, and that's why I did tell that particular story because those things, as I said, happen all the time. And it's, you know, as I said, like a food processor is not a blender and there's a reason that both are made. And, and, um, and as I said, every day, like something like that happens and I'm like, oh, I had no idea. Or like people who didn't peel butternut squash to make a butternut squash O'Brien. Like I thought everybody knew that you peeled butternut squash. So that's why I have these, like what I call high level testers who are inexperienced cooks. But what I'm saying to people at home is make sure that you um, are following directions um, and using the right piece of equipment or whatever. Um, Otherwise you might not get results that you like, which is more important than, you know, reviews or anything. So, I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the, people say I'm in the rock climbing business, but I'm in the people business, really, and what, I don't sell rock climbing, I sell experience, right? So when people yes. come in and they expect a certain experience and they don't get it, they can be disappointed. And I think that's where, if we, when we get negative reviews, that's most of the time where it comes from. Um, we also host a lot of birthday parties, especially in our LA location. We, we have seen quite a number of celebrities. And for me, I just, I, I just want my staff to try our best and... Sometimes if if we make a mistake, you know, we apologize and we try to make it right. Yeah. Well, awesome. How do people find out more about you? And certainly if they're visiting Los Angeles or they live in Los Angeles, um, we want to know your gym locations. Okay. So I have two locations. One is by right by LAX. It's literally five minutes from LAX. Sometimes when I'm flying and you're landing, you can actually see the building from the flight path. Because uh, I, I see planes landing all the time, just outside of my window. It's right off the 105 and the 405. Um, and the other location is in Orange County, and it's right off the 55 freeway and the 5 freeway. Um, so the easiest way to look it up is you can Google us. Or you can go to our website, www.sunderoneclimbing.com, and find out more information. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your motherhood tales and your entrepreneur tales. Um, I appreciate your time with us and uh, thank you everyone. I look forward to uh, being here next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern time. 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.